All right, Chris, here we are, episode Not two. Episode two, hello. Roll with the podcast. Um, so, you're just back from uh, San Francisco, is it? Yes, so I was back, I was California. Yeah. I was training in San Francisco with Dara. And uh, he was competing on EBI, which was in LA. So we did a little, mm-hmm. little internal. A little bit of training. There. Really good training, man, really good training. Out in uh, Half Gracie, San Francisco, is it? Yeah, okay. which is the gym where everyone's favorite, Kurt Osiander, he's teaching there. Every, that's what everybody asks me, did you roll with Kurt? Did you roll with Kurt? But, um, yeah, it's, just a, it's a really good spot. I was telling everybody that it's been there for 20 years. So like, Jeez. even if it was even if it was a crap gym, which it isn't, yeah. 20 years, you're gonna, you're gonna have a lot of experienced people yeah. there, you know? Accumulated knowledge. Yeah, every class I was in, there was five, six black belts and they were all good as well. They were all like, um, it's known for being like a particularly tough school or it certainly was before. Yeah. especially when half was teaching. So everybody's in pretty good shape. Like there wasn't really any, uh, there didn't seem to, even the hobbyists that were only down once or twice a week were ripped. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there, was some, there was some really, really good guys. The warm up that they do, I was telling everybody as well, yeah. is like 30, 35 minutes long. 35 like, minutes. Yeah, it's like some people are hitting that before their class every day. And that's like an exercise routine that I think many people aren't even hitting in the gym, like, you know what, what I mean? What kind like, of stuff are they oh, doing? just, like, it's what you'd usually expect, like, hip escapes mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. But there's, like, running and sprawling and jumping and cartwheeling and 30 minutes non-stop, you know? So if you can imagine, and there's no beginner's class there as well, so if you can imagine you're a beginner coming in on your first day, that's what you have to do on your first day, mm-hmm. some intense 30 minutes. And there's people... Uh, that are like, maybe they are, it is the first day and they're out of shape or whatever, and they're struggling to pull themselves through. Yeah. But when they get through it, I guess it's a seriously yeah. rewarding feeling. I suppose you find they're kind of really tough guys <coughs> and then actually go through that and they can kind of go, yeah, I want to keep doing this. Yeah, I was yeah. saying, it seems that it either made you stay in shape or if you weren't in shape, you weren't going to stay, which is why, it, like, oh, as I was saying a minute ago, everybody was, everybody was in pretty good nick over there, which is one thing that I, yeah. that I noticed. Which isn't really uniform with the rest of America, you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Did you glean any uh, nuggets of information from the man himself, Kurt? Uh, yeah, a few nuggets. Uh, he, he was... Uh, I actually, one of the days Dara went to train, one of the evenings he went to train in another friend's of his school, which was in San Francisco. And for whatever reason, I said, actually, I'm going to stay and do the next class in mm-hmm. Kurt's or in Half's or whatever. As well, I was conscious of, I wanted to let Dara go off and hang, I didn't want to be hanging out of him, you know yeah. what I mean? Like just to tag along. Um, but the night that I went, Kurt was teaching a move and we went over to see, and he was teaching one of my favorite positions. The, he was doing some from the half guard on the bottom. So I picked up some little small things and I was actually drilling with a white belt. I was helping out one of the students that trains there. That was just how the pair and went up. And maybe it was because of that, or maybe it was just because he's a nice chap, but he came over and he spent 35, 40 minutes chatting to me about different half guard things and I was asking him questions and he was answering and cool. it was really nice man, it was cool. He's just as nice as he seems on online, you know. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, there, you have training with Jake as well over there? Yeah man, every day. He's yeah? incredibly good. There's a guy yeah. there for everyone at home, Jake Scoville, um, or Calaheo Mountain Man <laughs> on Instagram. And I followed him on Instagram for a while. I think he's really funny, first of all, like more than anything else. That's why I, that's why I was following him. And I'd heard a lot about him and I'd heard that he was good spider guard. I heard he was a really good black belt, but man, he was like incredible. Really, really good, really, really good. 
Um, he's at every class. He's been training years and years and years. Um, does well at competitions. Does well in the training. Yeah. Like, kicked my ass every single day. I couldn't do. I didn't do one thing to him. I think on the last day I swept him, and I think he was being nice to me. <laughs> a little present to go home with. Yeah, yeah. Wow, he was cool. He mentioned you as well. He was, yeah. yeah, he was asking me, did you? Yeah. There was a guy, uh, Niall. Yeah. He remembers your name anyway. Yeah, I was over there so. the summer, summer before last summer. I was over. There. I actually met Dar over there as well. He we were there the same day. Oh, I remember seeing Snap on on the gram. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It was, uh, it was the first day I was there. It was a the Keenan Cornelius seminar. It was at that. Deadly. Yeah, there was a lot of people from all the other gyms as well, just at that, so it was good, loads of rules. Yeah. And then like the next day I went down as well, I thought I might catch Kurt in the morning class, but he wasn't there for whatever reason. Uh, I just missed him, but I was training with Jake a good bit that day, and he was a super nice guy. Yeah, man, really some, nice. I, li I, li I liked him a lot. Showed me some stuff, and we went out and hanging out afterwards for a while, and had burgers and stuff. And it was, it was yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Nah, he's nice. He had a lot of time for us as visitors, you know, he was keen yeah. to showing us around and he was trying to we were hanging out between the classes and I, th I guess they have a lot of visitors in that school it seemed to be like every day there was five or six people in each class that were visiting from another school and um, so i'd say they're used to that over there you know mm -hmm. well uh, everyone tries to kick your ass when you're the yeah. when you're the visitor though yeah uh just a couple of weeks ago there as well or was it last weekend or the week before me and uh, the lads went over to Amsterdam and uh, Marcus won the pro trials. So yeah, delish. Marcus is heading over to uh, the Abu Dhabi World Pro. Was that what it's called? I the, think the so. World yeah, pro? the World Pro Jiu Jitsu Cup. Yeah. The WP so Jiu Jitsu. Second, second time for him going over to. <coughs> yeah, man, so. it's delish. Like yeah. that's. I'd, I'd, I'd love to. I came, man. It was funny. There was a trials in Dublin one year. And I was like, oh my God, I'll never get a better chance than this. Yeah. And I, there was only two people in my division and I won that. Yeah. And then there was only like five people in the absolute, I yeah. think. Um, and I ended up, I got armbarred by Big Mario from SPG. Ooh, yeah. um, obviously the open weight is the one you need to yeah. win for the ticket. And he won the ticket that year. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, I, I don't, like, I, I'll never get a better chance than that. That small amount of matches yeah. to get yourself over. I think that's actually where, Jesus not saying that that's the only reason he got there, but I think that's when the year that Marcus qualified, he won yeah. the trials. He won that, yeah, he actually here. fought Sam. In the final, I think. Yeah. So that's, that wasn't an easy out anyway. No, 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 uh, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so exotic to get over there. I've seen mm -hmm. it. I've heard from Dara being over there. And even that's just what Dara said. Because we were in San Francisco when he qualified. Mm -hmm. And Dara was saying just even the experience, just to get to go is the best thing. It's yeah. like getting to go to the Olympics. Like just the, uh -huh. the quality and the level of production and professionalism behind mm -hmm. it like is, is next level. Like and not think, what we're used uh -huh. to at all. I think because of the fact that he actually went before, so he d it's not such a new experience maybe from this time that he'll be able to yeah. like utilize his game more mm. like in not when, be, was, uh, when was that? It was like two years two ago. Two years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. like the difference, his especially level. his level, yeah. yeah. When yeah. you're as good as he is, two years isn't the same as yeah. two years for your Joe Soap, you know? It's so, five years or something yeah. equivalent. So I actually did a little interview with him uh, just after that, so we're going to magically splice that in about now. Nice. And then we're going to come back. Uh, roll with a podcast episode two uh, just after a pretty successful weekend there in Amsterdam Marcus how could tell us what what you did what you got up to yeah we were out in um, doing the Abu Dhabi Pro Trials uh, UAE Pro Trials it was the last one before Abu Dhabi in April the World Pro is April mid-April and um, it's the last trial so there's a little group of us out I was able to get the ticket uh, finally I won the division on the absolute 
for the ticket. Um, so yeah, I'm going to Abu Dhabi, yeah, buzzing for it. Yeah. So you were, you actually tried a few of the trials, I think, did you? Um, yeah, I was. At, I went to Spain in November, uh, and I went to London just last week. What same weekend as Subov Ready? Mm -hmm. um, um, first time in Spain, I lost by advantage in the division and the absolute, so I was close, but not quite there. And last week, I won the division and then lost like penalties or advantages or something in the in the in the absolute. So mm -hmm. I was. A little bit closer, and then this time I was able to come home and, and take it up, take the whole thing. So, no, I was really buzzing after that, after missing a couple of times by close margins. Yeah, come, coming back for the win, no, it was really good buzz. Uh, like, okay, how how did you find the competition in Amsterdam? I, I was there as well. I thought it was pretty cool. Did you, what do you think the, the atmosphere there? And yeah, the, it was just, it was a really setup? good setup actually. It was really good set. They had the screens uh, on the warm up area, so you can see exactly when you're up next. Um, yeah, the stadium was a nice little neat spot. It was good. It's big, um, mat, really big mats. Matted areas were really big. Yeah, big mats. Yeah. Big mats. There, was, there was like less space to hide and, and run away from the guy and yeah. get to the edges and stuff. Exactly. There was eight across and then there was like three barrier mats. Yeah. So you, they would go right. You go. You'd be pretty much off the mat and they wouldn't stop it yet. They were yeah. kind of. They were stopping yeah. it quite late. Um. So it ended up being a really wide area. Which obviously helps a lot. There's nothing worse than when you're scrambling, trying about to get a real good position, and you go out the area. He says stand up. So. Yeah. Uh, it definitely helps having the big mats um, and just the the online the bracketing system they have for the mm -hmm. UAE smooth. UAE smooth, smooth comp, comp like so good you can check on your phone the brackets and like mm -hmm. stir up straight away you can check the next fight on each mat so you're you're never kind of guessing or kind of clueless oh, when am I going to be up it's like mm -hmm. it's there on their app on your phone so no nah, it's really good system they have there how it's do you find it compared to say an IBJJF competition. Uh, IBJJF is a little bit more kind of you got to deal with the runner you got to talk back and forth you know when am I going to be up you know mm. you got to be a bit more dealing with the runner with this smooth comp you just got to look at the order of fights you know exactly when you're going to be up and mm -hmm. um, they have this for the Europeans now and the worlds in IBJJF mm -hmm. it's very similar but for the local IBJJF opens they kind of don't mm -hmm. invest in that yet um, but yeah it helps a lot so much handier for the competitor and I'm sure for them for running it. Yeah, it's less know. stressful for the competitor. Yeah, it's no stress, you know exactly when you're going to be up, mm -hmm. you know, so you can go do what you need to do, eat, go toilet, you know, you know, you can just relax then, mm -hmm. relax before you compete, which is how you should be. You shouldn't be nervous like, oh, am I going to be up next? Am I gonna? Yeah. You know, that just adds extra nerves and stuff that shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, help, it's definitely, it's a big, it's a big difference these days, the smooth comps and stuff. So it was the 77 kg division, you, you won the division first, was it? Yeah, won, yeah, won the division. I got to buy. I had just three matches, um, and then I got to buy again in the absolute. So I just had two more matches in the absolute. Mm. Um, and we had an all East Coast final. All East Coast. Well, yeah, Ellis, uh, our affiliate from Newcastle, yeah. he's out with us a good bit training. So yeah, I knew it was going to be a hard battle. Like Ellis is no no pushover. He's seriously gritty and tough yeah. dude. So I knew that was going to be a scrap, and, and we went after it. But um, yeah, I was able to get his back in the final. Uh, trying to hustle, trying to pass his guard. I got a couple of advantages, but it was still very much on. Just one sweep and he would have won it. And then I was able to make him turtle. I jumped on his back, got the four points, and then I was kind of relaxed. I was, uh, I was comfortable then. I got the close guard, and, and then the match the ended pretty soon after. So, yeah, that was that. Yeah. So, ready to rock over to Abu Dhabi and get some of that turkey bacon? Yeah, buzzing for the Abu Dhabi. Yeah, the turkey bacon, the buffets, breakfast buffets in Abu Dhabi is where it's at. Three buffets a day, all you can eat. Nah, I'm buzzing for Abu Dhabi. It's going to be savage. And I feel way, like I'm way more in a chance of meddling now compared to I went two years ago yeah. when they had the Ireland Pro and mm -hmm. qualified that time. But 
like I was very new to the purple belt and stuff and hadn't fought too much top level guys but now I've got I've got a lot of high level experience now so uh, I feel like I've come on along since yeah. then so I really like, you're like actually go there and like alright this time I'm going to mm -hmm. try, try go there and get in the medals and, like and compete yourself and Sam recently upgraded to the four stripes on the purple belt so like this is kind of your <laughs> final run maybe in the yeah, big competitions in the purple belt like exactly, so yeah. uh, you're ready to rock and take on all comers that's it yeah coming to, probably coming to the end of the purple belt there I was kind of saying it yeah the, Rambo might be coming soon in the summer, so yeah. pretty much up until Wales, I'm trying to get loads of competitions in, yeah. really trying to trying to compete as much as I can. This is kind of like this is your, end this of the is your chance, belt. this is your moment. This is the moment, you know. Obviously, I'm gonna get the brand, but it's not gonna stop. Mm. I'm still gonna yeah, be competing yeah. just all these comps, but but for your career and like this is your purple belt phase of your career, and yeah. you want to like end it on a high note. Exactly, yeah, that's phase. it. And I've and I've had the matches. I've, I've yeah. had the I've had the experience at the purple belt. You know, I fought a lot of pro at so yeah, now's the time to get pretty much get it done. Mm -hmm. It's time to get it done or I don't. So it's uh, Abu Dhabi <laughs> Worlds and the IBGF Worlds as well? Yeah, they're, they're the two main ones I'm yeah. looking at, World Pro and, and Worlds. Um, then we got, what else do we got? We got March Grand Slam, Abu Dhabi Grand Slam in March. Europeans? No Gi Europeans in Rome, Rome Open. And then I'm going to do the stage event, a little documentary mm -hmm. in, in London, so. Yeah, staying busy, but yeah, the world pro and the worlds are kind of the main ones to yeah, try to peak yeah. for. See if you can get it done on those days. Very good. Um, the, it was something we were talking about recently as well. There's a lot of people talking about this, the sub only events and these type of things that are coming up now, pretty pretty big. Mm. And maybe sometimes some people forget about like how we ended up with the rules that we already have, the point system. Like I know you're pretty. Um, you can really enjoy watching, say, a high-level black belt match and see all the small little transitions and stuff, the little yeah, pieces sure, between the, the positions, the little yeah, battles. So definitely. maybe you could talk a little bit about what you think about the point system in the IBJJF rules. The point, yeah, I, I'm a fan of the point system for sure. Um, definitely, I just think, I think if you get dominant positions, you should win the match. Pretty yeah. much what it comes down to, really. I think, I think dominant positions count for a lot. You know, you see people. In the sub only, you see people giving up side control, giving up mount. You know, I don't think this is good jujitsu. I don't like. I don't. I don't think that's a. I think that's a smart thing to do in any sort of format. You know, I don't think mm. you should be. People should be training to do that and thinking, oh, if I don't get submitted, it's okay. If, if yeah. I don't get submitted, I can give up bad positions. It's okay. I think people should. People should be awarded for getting dominant positions, and, and mm. of course, everyone's looking for the submission. If you get the submission, you win. So, mm -hmm. of course, everyone's looking yeah. for the submission, but. Yeah, I think I think the points is a good system. But you can Definitely. clock up the points on your way to the submission. Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. Yeah, what, it's like it's more of a it's more of a progression thing with yeah. the with the point system. It's like you get your takedown, you get two. You get your pass, you get three more. You get your mount, you get four more. Then you get the submission. Whereas the submission only just like just catching a submission in a scramble maybe mm -hmm. without having real good control or just jumping on the legs and tangling the legs. You know, it's powerful in submission only. So people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, even with the submission only, you can still win the matches without submitting the guy. Do you know what I mean? So like, mm. I've seen tournaments where people have went through the whole tournament and not got any submissions, and now there's the submission only. Yeah, champion. that's the thing. If it's not to if it's not no time limit, if it's not if it's not no time limit, yeah, big rig going through. If it's not no time limit, it's not submission only, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've got to find some way to figure it out. So. Yeah. You've got EBI where they where they do the overtime. 
mm-hmm. um, they do the starting the bag, starting the armbar. I'm not a fan of that EBI now, I yeah. have to say. I think the EBI, like why should you start on my back? You know what I mean? Yeah, you need to work for it. Yeah, like, like get my back. I don't think you should, you should be allowed to start on my back just because we end it. Because what happens then, people just planning for, planning for the overtime. So mm-hmm. you're five minutes deep in a match, Guys probably get in better positions. You feel, okay, this, I'm gonna have trouble against this guy. Let me just see if I can survive till the overtime. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see from there. So you have the same problem that people complain about in point tournaments with yeah. stalling because people are um, stalling for the overtime. It's just yeah. a different motivation. Yeah. So I really think anytime there's a overtime or anything, people are gonna stall and try play for that. Exactly. You know, so. That becomes the new game. It's yeah, like the new exactly. way like, to basically avoid doing as much fighting as they can. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think, what else do you got? You got judges' decision, I think, is a little better. You got, say, if you bring three judges in, mm-hmm. they decide on different criteria. They did this in the five grappling event. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I'm a fan of that because different criteria, you can kind of base, you can say, okay, submission is the most important. Mm-hmm. So whoever's going after the submission, whoever's aggressive, mm-hmm. you can say dominant position, da da da. You can go down like that mm-hmm. and make some proper criteria, and then you can decide because then, there's no re- reason for me to stall there, okay? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm if I'm getting good positions, but the guy's attacking more submissions, they might go for that. They might go mm-hmm. for the other guy. So I can't rely on that. I've always yeah. got to be aggressive. I don't know what the judges are yeah. looking at. So I've always got to take it out of their hands and try and end the fight. Yet, if it comes to an end, the guy who's doing better, getting the better positions, will end up winning. You get me? So mm-hmm. um, I think it's a better way to do it rather than start on the back or the, or the mm-hmm. arm bar. Um, at the end of the day then though you still uh, kind of almost end up back at the same place where you started with the LBG because you say oh like that guy got mount but that guy got side control yeah or then or maybe if they both got mount it's like then who wins then so then you're kind of trying to add it up oh he got mount and you end up trying to add it oh maybe we could add points for each position and add it up so you went back full circle back at the LBG so like uh, that's what that's what I think that's what I think where, where the argument end up, ends up going. It's like mm. you come all the way back yeah. around to the IBGGF, yeah. um, which I think is like a surefire way. It takes exactly. human error out of it. It takes the yeah. um, bias out of it. It takes all that human mm. error out of it because there's a point system and there's specific um, parameters as to how what, mm. does, what, what constitutes a pass, you know? Mm. Like, that, that's a fact. There's a fact. There's a fact based argument with that rather than mm-hmm. just judgment. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, if you hold the person down on their back for three seconds, that's a pass. Yeah. So it's taking the human error yeah. out of it, and that's three points. So it's taking the human error mm-hmm. out of it, um, which I think is a good thing, you know? Yeah. That's, then it's just up to the refs to be knowledgeable enough of the rules. Yeah. You know, and then you train the refs, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the IBJF, and when you look at the roots of the IBJJF point system, people say it's not, it's all about the submission. It's mm-hmm. not the purest form, you know? But when you look, when you look at who created the IBJJF, it was Carlos Gracie Jr. Um, I'm pretty sure his dad was Carlos Gracie Sr., who was the original guy who learned from Maeda, et cetera, mm-hmm. even before Helio, and mm-hmm. et cetera. So, like, it's pretty close to the roots yeah, of Jiu-Jitsu yeah. in terms of mm. in terms of IBJJF, where it's coming from, and what you think the art should yeah. be about. You know, um, I think control, dominant yeah. position, and then submission. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, some people think it's it's more important to just focus yeah. on the submission. I think it comes from like a mentality of training as well. When people are, I don't know if you, if if it makes it it makes it easier and more fun to train if you think, oh, only the submission counts. Okay, mm-hmm. so say if you're training, and you're just thinking, oh, it doesn't matter that he's inside control or he's mm-hmm. in mount of me. 
because only submission counts. So you're gonna stay safe. You, the mm. round ends. Oh, he didn't submit me. It's okay. Yeah. So it's kind of a comfortable um, mentality to fall into if you're training or whatever. Maybe if you're competing. Um, to just ah the submission it's all about the submission you know your, your ego can kind of yeah, take exactly. over a little bit I there. think this is why it's a, it's a popular kind of opinion and you see it's yeah. quite populist um, it's easy to lose by an advantage and kind of go oh he only beat me by advantage exactly. but still yeah. the guy got the advantage and you didn't exactly so yeah that's he, a battle he was, there he beat you yeah, exactly I mean? yeah he nearly passed your guard yeah. he nearly took you down yeah. you didn't nearly take him down or you exactly. would have got one back so if it was only an advantage, game. why didn't you just get an advantage on the other guy? You know what I mean? That's, that's exactly. the thing that pisses me off sometimes. That's a sport. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's like, that's, that's again, if you did it, if you took out the advantages and you were trying to make a decision about who won, oh, well, that guy nearly took him down or well, that guy nearly kind of swept him. Oh, you could just score that advantage and then we know for sure how much. Yeah, yeah. Did you get me? Yeah. Like, you don't win about, you don't win on advantages unless the points are even. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's, it's up to you. You don't win on advantages if you tap the guy. You get me? So yeah. it's up to you when you go out there how the match is going to end. Yeah. Um, you know the rules before you go where you should. Um, so yeah, like I think, I think, uh, I think points is, the, is my favorite way to compete. I think it's mm -hmm. the best. I love the little battles. I love the little tactical battles. I think that's such a fun part of sport. I love mm -hmm. that, um, that there's tactics in it. You're not always going to be able to tap the guy, especially in yeah. seven minutes. You know, we don't mm -hmm. have unlimited time. So... I love the little tactical battles and back and forth and um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that sort of stuff, so. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could just like talk about like, how, how did you get started in Jiu-Jitsu? Um, oh, we got started in, uh, was it 2010, just after I left school. Yeah. Um, got started with my brother, we just looked it up on... on Yourself and Dave. Dave, yeah, we, uh, well first we, we kind of were watching Got into the UFC, I got into it through Dave, he was kind of into it. I was like, oh, this is cool. We started, yeah. wa we were watching a lot together. Yeah. And pretty much watching it turned into trying to mess scraps in the, in the house. In the kitchen. Yeah, in the kitchen, <laughs> in the bedroom, like rolling around, trying to beat each other up. <laughs> like doing mats, doing heel hooks and stuff. We didn't do that. We were doing everything. And no holes barred jiu-jitsu. But then we, uh, so then we're getting right into it. We do this quite regularly and we started to like, bring uh, kind of duvets out into the garden <laughs> and there would be our mats and we'd just go at it and my mum would be going mad what are you doing rolling around the garden I'm like, oh, it'll break out in the house she'd be like what are you doing <laughs> so yeah it was a bit of mayhem so we're like we have to find Point somewhere to do this properly like it's a bit ridiculous so then we, we saw there was like a beginner program in east coast or it was next generation back then mm -hmm. just nogi um, we saw a brown belt teaching we're like perfect let's show up showed up I think it was Dave Jones, the original instructor back then, it was, mm -hmm. it, was, it was just as he was winding down. I think it was like the first week that Dyer took over was the oh. week me and Dyer joined, me and oh. Dave started yeah. the beginner course. Yeah. Um, and then Dave Jones had like back problems or something he couldn't mm -hmm. teach anymore. So then we're kind of Dyer students, uh, yeah. all no gi back then. And then after like a year or two, we started transitioning to the gi. Mm -hmm. Get into that. Yeah, haven't stopped since though. So, like as soon as me and Dave came back, we never looked came down we never looked back that was it yeah we were training we were competing after two months training we were, <laughs> we were fully gone we were fully in pretty pretty off the bat yeah and uh, what are some of the things that you like about East Coast Jiu Jitsu um, I just like the, the people that are here to mm -hmm. be honest like we just just a lot of cool people around um, everyone's super nice it's like you know, I really like, just like the people to be honest and there's there's uh, um, kind of attitude about competing and kind of put like 
really promotes competition. Everyone here is quite competitive and, mm -hmm. and likes to push themselves and likes to improve. And there's a lot, like a lot of focus on improving our technique, you know. Technique um, is so big for Dari. He's always pushing, like, us trying to get better and improve ourselves on the mat all the time and compete. Yourself and Dave came down, started training East Coast Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. Been here ever since. And you're saying some of the things you liked about it were like the competition focus and that kind of thing. So how did that kind of work for you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of competing. Like me and Dave were trying to compete straight away. Actually, me and Dave went to a tournament before we started training. Was the, <laughs> yeah? yeah, yeah, there was the uh, Nogi Irish Open, I think. Yeah. Um, it was in St. Andrews College there. Were you just like messing away. in your house and you went to like a jiu-jitsu Yeah, tournament? literally. Like we were looking up. <laughs> we were like, oh, let's go see a tournament. Let's go see what, see what these guys were up to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've seen an advertisement on the web. I think it was the East Coast Next Generation website. We've kind of seen an advertisement for it. Yeah. And like, now the Irish Open coming up because we were thinking about signing up. And so then we're like, oh, we'll go down and watch the competition, just kind of see what the, just see what's going on, why not? And so we had down on a Saturday, checked it out, and we got kind of real late. I think it was kind of like beginner white belts, like heavier guys at the end. So we're just kind of doing like crappy grip fight. We're like, ah, these guys are, these guys suck. Let's let's go and train. We're like, oh, we can do really good. We can do. We can, <laughs> we can do beat them guys. We can do. We can do good. We can get those guys. Uh, so um, definitely probably couldn't. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we just we just we were just buzzing for it, you know. Once once we went and seen that there was actual other people out there competing and stuff, then we're like, oh, we have to go. So yeah. we we went. I think it was that August competition from like April, but we didn't train till like that August. The beginners course started. Yeah, and we came down for that. And yeah, Dara, like straight away, Dara's passion when he was teaching was really good, you know, he was, you, could say, you could see straight away how enthusiastic he was about it. Um, he was really enthusiastic when he was teaching, you know, he really cared, he really was, was passionate about it, so um, that really got us straight off the bat. We didn't even, we didn't even notice, oh, the brown belt that was supposed to be teaching isn't here, right? and we didn't care one bit, we were like, that class was top, so. Um, yeah, so that, that was that anyway, we're, once we got training, we were training. Yeah. Non-stop. <laughs> Non-stop. Did you just go straight in like four times a week? Or um, was no, it was, like, it was just like a Monday and Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Monday and Wednesday nights, the beginner classes. Um, for a few years I was training like Monday, just Monday and Wednesdays. Yeah. And then Saturday, the open mass. So it was really just three a week for the first couple of years training. Um, when did you get the blue belt? Um, blue belt, like a year and a half, a year and a half in. Yeah. Um, we went to Europeans, uh, it was white belts, we got the blue belt right after. Uh, Nevada was over, mm -hmm. did a little seminar and then we got the blues after. So yeah, that was the blue yeah. Is there anything like that you're training now that you're thinking about that you want to achieve or anything like that? Um, just want to get better to be honest, I'm working on so much techniques to be honest, all I'm thinking about is just getting better at those. You know, I'm just thinking getting better and better and then I have these dates. Um, where competitions are coming up, and I'm gonna try, like, perform super, perform really well, and and go after those competitions. But I'm just focused on better, getting better every day. To be honest, I love training. I'm down here. I try to be down here pretty much all day. A lot of the time, I'm down here Monday to Friday. I'm pretty much here all day, and then I'm doing my doing my weights and different things in between, and I'm teaching in between. Um, so. I just love training and getting and improving. You know, I'm working on so much different things and I'm just mm -hmm. thinking, oh, can I figure it out? And then I'm hitting it in training and I'm coming back and looking at it. And then we're getting our drills in, we're working on stuff. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on day to day. And then 
when the dates come up, I know if I, I know if I keep focusing on getting better all the time and putting in the hours every day, I know when the date comes up for the competition, I'm going to be dying to go and be ready for it. Um, and that came out like last weekend. There was my best performance I think I've had, and as far as I can remember. I was just so focused, like just so focused on the grips and on the match. And, like that was my best performance. That's what I was happiest about. It was really good. I felt really good out there. So back in the master the way, trying to find out even more, have even better performance yeah. for the World Pro and then the IBGF Worlds. Definitely, exactly. Like like to be honest, I just look at those competitions as getting more high level matches, more high level competition, yeah. you know, because it's hard to get like every round in the gym and especially in our competing in Ireland. It's hard to really like I don't know, like get that high level high high level game stopping your stopping your game you know when you go to these competitions you get the highest level and you get to test yourself against them and so i just want to i just almost want to just put my game on these guys and see how it plays you know mm -hmm. i just want to see how it, how it goes and more than anything so like these are just more high level matches i can get you know more high level competition i get to put myself up against so that's what i'm, I'm excited about more than anything Sounds good. We'll all be looking forward to seeing how you get on in those competitions and uh, yeah. best of luck anyway. Alright, thanks man. That's good, boys. Podcast number two. Well with the boys, yeah. Under under wraps. Oh, and by the way, uh, your matches from the weekend will be on up on your favourite YouTube channel, uh, Irish BJJ videos. Oh, yeah, let's keep it out, boys. Keep, keep matches. out uh, a few of the matches up there and few you can even pass. go back and watch uh, Marcus fighting as a blue belt, I think, in some of those some of those videos. Same, mm -hmm. man, if you yeah. go back through so there you are. There's a few scraps up in large pieces. Irish Beaches. Irish Beaches. Hit the subscribe out. button. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there you go. Catch Cheers, you. We taking a few backs. Take care. And we're back. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, then after you were doing a bit of training, you yourself and Dara went up to Los Angeles, was it? And yeah. For the EBI. Yeah, in, um, in, in LA. That what was, was cool, what man. was that like? It was cool. It was it was interesting. LA. I didn't like LA, man. It was hip I thought like Dar I'd never been I was there for the Worlds in 2011 but that's in Long Beach oh. which I, I guess wasn't I don't know how far away that is but mm -hmm. it was different anyway um, and Dar was telling me on the way there wait till you see a smog here and I was like yeah yeah it can't be that bad yeah. or whatever and it was just sick it was just yeah. so like it was no clouds but it wasn't sunny it was weird like I couldn't it, it's like a haze yeah it was gross like yeah. and you see you see that like in pictures and it looks like oh, isn't it a nice sunset or something but it was just like that all day it was gross i didn't like it at all um but i know that's not what you're asking me about but anyway <laughs> what LA, was the day LA like? is gross so la is gross what was the day like you went you went in and like you did you go in the venue early and no so so everybody was they put us up in this hotel um which was miles away near the airport yeah. i guess oh. it was because it was on flight pass oh. so dana and the boys and the fatigue is yeah. they're putting me they put me and dara up um yeah. But I guess that was, they must have some deal with this. It was the Marriott or something, okay. but it was nowhere near the venue. Yeah. But everybody was staying there. So the weigh-ins were at nine that morning in the hotel and we get up at nine. And we go down or whatever, we go up to the lobby and everyone's filling out forms and stuff. And Gordon Ryan's standing there with a fucking crown on and two belts <laughs> and stuff. And you're going, oh my God. And then obviously he's got, he's paying the bills, like yeah. he's killing everyone. Yeah. So I suppose he can wear whatever the hell he wants, but yeah. like, it's, it's just like being in a cartoon for me. Me and Dara were just going, what's, what, what's going on here, basically? Um, and yeah, all the lads are there, everyone's filling that stuff. You go, they went, we went up to some room to weigh in and face off, and they've got all the photography set up. And 
we do that. It's actually a funny story. You do that and then they say, all right, so you can, we'll see you at the venue at three. Or if you want to get a bus, we'll see you downstairs at two. We have transport organized for yeah. you. But there wasn't space for the coaches on the bus. Uh. So I was going to have to go separate. And I looked up the price on Uber. We were yeah. using that yeah. app over yeah. there. And Dara goes, it wasn't that expensive. And Dara goes, Asher, I'll just fucking come with you. And yeah. save being in the bus with all the lads. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And we put it, the, the venue was called the Florentine Gardens. And right. we put in the Florentine Gardens into Uber and it took us there. And we got there and it was some kip. It was like closed down. And we were going, <laughs> it can't be this, it can't be this. But we, we were looking at Florentine Gardens, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the guy that Dara fought in his second match, Australian guy, Craig Jones. I saw him down. I was like, oh, there's, we must be in the right place. There's Craig Jones, Florentine Gardens. And he was like, are we in the wrong? And we were chatting for ages. Turned out there's two Florentine Gardens oh. in thing. So we ended up being like half, an hour and a half late to get into yeah. the venue, which we were shit, not shitting about, but which we were understandably worried about. And then when we get to the venue, they weren't even allowing people in because they were getting it ready. And so competitors even yeah. as well. Yeah. So everyone, John Danaher and all the boys sitting outside <laughs> and there's just lads, because it's California, there's yeah. just lads smoking joints and bottles yeah. and John Danaher's sitting there in the rash guard and stuff. <laughs> um, we, we got in eventually. Eddie Bravo did like a rules meeting, which was like a, podcast he was just yeah. doing a stand-up comedy show basically it was strange like, shooting the shit yeah it was it was weird and because of that slap jujitsu thing pretty much every question in the rules meeting was about it like yeah. hands up oh, and yeah. they're asking you know what can what about this in the slap jitsu what about this what about this mm -hmm. there was no real questions for the yeah ebi rules um then it was pretty much wait around for 10 minutes and we were off. And yeah. like the, well not 10 minutes, there was a bit of waiting and then it started. There was, Dara was the second last fight. So we were waiting for a good while. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were watching backstage. He was doing some stretching and some just relaxing. What was the mood like? Was there like nervous energy in the air or anything like that? Same, same, same. as any competition. Like, like any competition. Every, everybody that's there was of a level where they're yeah. not going to be shitting it about being in EBI. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not like some bloke had just signed up to a competition and he's like, oh fuck, I'm in EBI now. Mm -hmm. And he's bricking it. Like everyone that's there was there for yeah. a reason. It was funny though, one guy, one guy in his, was particularly nervous about the whole situation. I think he was a, maybe not a black belt either. He was a brown belt like me. I think there was a few brown belts in it actually. Mm -hmm. But this guy was fighting someone from that team, Alpha Male, in his first fight. Oh, and right. he was meant to be like one of the guys to beat. I don't know, I don't know their names. Mm -hmm. Dara was telling me this. And the guy from team Alpha Male, was attacking this guy, had him in a Kimura early, like was roasting him in a match. And then your man hurt his own rib. The alpha male guy popped his own rib oh, attacking the Kimura. Yeah. So this guy that was expecting to kind of get hosed in his first match ends up going through. And the second fight was Gordon Ryan. Oh. So this, this poor guy was, was cacking himself, I think. Yeah. yeah. As I would have been too. But other than that, no, everybody was like, it's just another day at the office. It was strange. It, fe it feels the exact same as being, we were at that sub 80 or whatever. Yeah. It's the exact same as that. Just mm -hmm. warming up backstage. Yeah. Everyone's doing the same thing. It's just that it's the, your celebrities. You've got your yeah. Gary Tonins instead of your Sam McNally's, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, cameras you, and stuff everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it is. On UFC podcasts. More people at that sub. Yeah, yeah. John Blockle like that. Like, there's yeah. more people at sub over 80 than there was at. Uh, In the audience. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. think it looked better anyway. Sub over Eddie looked better, I thought. Yeah, it actually pulled off pretty good. Like, uh, I think everyone was kind of blown away by that, like, yeah. how well yeah. it came together on the day, like, you know? But yeah, it was cool in there. Big cameras, like, little walking area on the side. It was really well run, like, the lads, there was a, the runners behind. The, the runner was only some young lad, like, the main runner behind, and he was killing it. Like, he was mm. speaking a different language to everyone. He had oh. Portuguese, Spanish, he was speaking in English. Yeah. He was, and he was, he was doing a good job, but yeah. 
called Dara's name, goes out. He fought the first guy who was from some other Habero affiliate, I think. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah from Texas was, or something? Yeah, like? Team Tuck or something it was yeah. called. And uh, the guy was actually all right. Like, Dara took Dara a long time to pass his guard and eventually went to overtime. I think if Dara could have passed his guard, it would have been, I think Dara's submissions would have been uh, a lot, like, it would have fight would have been over easy yeah. after that, you know? Yeah. But, but, it was hard. Um, your man was kind of a bit scrambly on a few different positions. But then when I got to the overtime, Dara submitted him quick enough. Mm-hmm. And then the second fight was against that dude that we were in the taxi <laughs> with, John, and uh, your man Craig Jones. Yeah. And I said it to that. I said it to Dara, like, careful that. Well, not be careful. Like it is what it is. You are mates with this dude. But like, Dara had trained with him in Australia too before, because Dara's sister lives there, and he'd went over and spent a couple of weeks training with him. So we mm-hmm. knew this guy before, which is why it was no problem getting the taxi with him yeah, when we were yeah. chatting. And I said, oh, I was, I was curious whether that was going to play into the fight for either party. Not that Dara was going to go soft or anything because yeah. he knew this lad. But I was thinking, I wonder, is this chap going to go soft because he knows Dara? Mm. And did you see? Did you see the fight? Yeah. Well, so sure. he had Dara in an armbar and Ed Bravo stopped it even though Dara didn't tap. Now, it was an extended armbar, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm sure Dara will say that it was fucking close. Not that, not that it wasn't on, he just hadn't, it hadn't submitted him yet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Eddie Bravo stops it in Dara's ball. I didn't tap, I didn't tap. And I didn't know, right? I was sitting there, I'm cornering Dara. And I didn't want to start going, what the fuck? Because I didn't know if he tapped or not. And I assumed he wasn't lying, but I didn't know if he was just going for the, like, pretend, you know what I mean? No, I didn't tap kind of thing. And I didn't want to, they got a replay up anyway. He didn't tap. They started him again in a fucking, in an armbar. They didn't know what to do. And someone from the crowd, literally someone from the crowd, and it was your man, not the beardy chap, Freakazoid. Do you know the other guy, the Freak? Yeah, bro- Tim He goes, start him in a spiderweb. I, I don't know what made me look at him, but I was just scanning the crowd and I could see him, start him in a spiderweb. And they just started him in a spiderweb. Mm. So then the psychology of the fight has hugely changed, first mm. of all. It's like there's a big change. Dara thought that it was over, then he thought that it was back on. Now he's starting in an armbar. Mm. Long story short, he escapes the armbar, which he's now happy to do, because mm. now he's thinking, fuck, I thought the fight was over, I'm in an armbar. Yeah. He gets out. Hard to get back into it. Your man caught him in like a knee bar position that he changed into a heel. In hook. fairness, it was pretty sweet. Oh yeah, submission. yeah. Like, when you watch it back, it's like whoa. Because yeah, he was attacking good. one leg, I think he switched the other leg. Mm, I something. actually haven't even seen yeah. the replay. I just remember at the time being like, "Oh, that was nice." And what I wanted to say was that's what we were talking about before. I said to Dara, like, careful that the mates thing doesn't play mm-hmm. into this. And what it seems like to me was the first armbar he had Dara in he wasn't like vicious on it because mm. there's a relationship there mm. but then he nearly lost the fight because yeah. he wasn't vicious on yeah. it so when he got the heel hook he was like fucked and if you know and if you saw the fight there it was like stop 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 it was yeah. like a quick time because yeah because yeah, he wasn't messing around he wasn't messing around um and i like there you go maybe that's the psychology of mm-hmm. i know him that's why i hate if you're at, especially if you don't know the dude before a competition you're lining up and the dude you're about to fight comes up to you and he's like hey man we're about to have our first match together yeah. it's like Get away from me. Like, I'm not trying to be <laughs> chat to you before we have to have exactly, a scrap. Yeah. But yeah, I think like Dara was obviously uh, happy with his performance. I'm sure mm. happy to get to represent the club and stuff out there. But I'm sure he would have been happier if it was a different draw. Yeah. Um, and he didn't have to have... No, that's something that you've got to deal with as well, yeah. I suppose. But he would have been happier, I'm sure, if he didn't have to fight someone that he knew. And exactly, yeah. I suppose 
you have no control over that really like you just have to take what you get you yeah, know yeah you know? the draw seemed to be pretty rough for everyone though like the yeah. two lads from the danaher team were on the same side of the bracket yeah. oh, yeah. dara and him were on the same side of the bracket and they know each other there was a couple of other things like that going yeah. on where people were there was some young lad that got into it he was meant to be really really good the yeah. guy that gordon ryan fought first yeah so they're like right we'll give this yeah. young lad a chance but you have to fight gordon <laughs> ryan first you yeah know what I mean? so it was good like it seemed fair for everyone I guess for that young guy, it was like he immediately got to fight one of the best guys in the world, like at mm -hmm. that age. So, yeah. like, it's a good experience for him, you yeah. know, even if he got smashed he's or whatever. Well, but, like, I think he's 18 or something. Yeah, I've never he, heard him. But I think he's, I've watched the little promo, and I think he said he, he was basically, like, his dad does Jiu Jitsu or something. So, he started when he was like five. So, like, that's like 13 years of yeah. being around it and in and out of it, you know. Yeah. So, he obviously had like a talent and he was young and stuff, but it was just, I think it was more of an experience thing for him just to get the experience of being in something like that at a young ah, age. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, sure, everybody loses their, their yeah, like, yeah. Uh, there were 16 people there, eight of them lose first, exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's only one person, like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's not that, like, he could have, he could have hosed the other 15 lads, who knows? It's just yeah. that he fought Gordon first, and yeah. man, he is, he is the real deal. Like, I was thinking, I've watched him, you know what I mean? I don't watch too much jiu-jitsu, but yeah. I've seen, I've seen him. Um, and I was thinking, I can't be, can't be that good, lads. Like, you know what I mean? He can't. It's just some yeah. bloke. Like, he hasn't yeah. even been training that long. I know yeah. he's training in a good gym. I know he's training with good people. But he can't be that good. But like, he's very good. Like, mm -hmm. very, very good. Yeah. And I, you see that guy Wagner Hosher or whatever, and he's your man that kicked AJ Agassi's arm off the stage oh, that yeah, time. Yeah, and yeah. He's fighting, and he's real rough. He broke yeah. some chap's nose at the thing with a rear naked choke Fuck. and stuff. Yeah, he was killing that. Yeah. Like, real rough jujitsu. Yeah. And Gordon Ryan submitted him with a rear naked choke across the face, like ah. with a rough move, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. I was, and nobody else could deal with your man on the day. Your yeah. man, Wagner, bet Craig, which is the guy that bet Dara. Oh, yeah. And then Gordon Ryan just fucking stand and back take on him, I yeah. think, if I remember. And, yeah. and rear naked choke across the lips, like. Mm -hmm. And tough chap isn't happened to a rear naked choke across the lips yeah. unless it's, it's something else, super. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's it, yeah. So it was a good experience then? Yeah, it was really cool to see. It was really cool to see so close, you know? Yeah. Um, in the corner. Yeah, it was Bruce nice Buffer. to... Yeah, Bruce Buffer <laughs> standing there and stuff. It was, it was nuts. Uh, but like, again, I went to Polaris with Dara before and we were backstage at that yeah. and Pal Harez is there and yeah. Mia was there yeah. and Tankinio was there. And so it's not like, I not that I'm hobnobbing in those yeah. circles right like that but it's not as oh shit yeah. for me as it would have been maybe five years ago you it's know? like all right like here we go again let's just do it again let's get it well get like it yeah well yeah. The, com the competition it was the competition yeah. but i'm uh, what i'm talking about is the, the people that are oh, there yeah. like the celebrities yeah. there like yeah. you know what i mean so they're just people at the end of the day isn't it yeah, yeah. well and just because i've seen them before you know what i mean because yeah. like, when i went to polaris i was like oh shit there's fucking boy out you know what yeah. i mean i yeah. was thinking that like oh, yeah. Yeah. but at this one you're not like oh shit there's john danaher you're just yeah. like Oh, there's your man, like, you know. Yeah, <laughs> there's your man. There's, there's your a funny man, picture. Uh, I saw it, it came up on Facebook or something, like all the, like John Danaher and everyone, like sitting seriously like this, and there's just like, Darage, like, yeah. laughing or something in the corner. It's probably, really funny. Yeah, probably one of my great jokes <laughs> was, just, was just out of shot. It's just a funny, uh, funny picture. I saw like that it. one, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, it was funny, though. It was an interesting experience. All right, so um, that's basically that. And uh, you're back here in Bray already. It's Couple of days later, training away. Yeah, I came back on Tuesday night, and then I was doing a little bit of training here on Wednesday morning, and then in Monkstown on Wednesday evening. And I probably shouldn't have done the two of the days because I was mm -hmm. written off the next day. But yeah, it's good to be back anyway. Yeah, I'm, I was getting hosed over there in the training, so it's nice to come back here and hose everyone over <laughs> here. 
try and uh, pull out a few of the things that you learned over there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, to be honest, man, I didn't come, I, I definitely did learn moves over there. But what I bring them back is just, uh, like if you've had a week, I haven't had a week in a long time of just training, yeah. like of just not having to teach anyone anything, not having to do yeah. any kids classes, not yeah. having to do any accounting, not having to do any cleaning, not having to, just getting to train. And as well, every round I had, I was getting the shit kicked out of me. I was getting beaten up pretty much. Mm -hmm. So you, you develop a bit of an intensity off the back of that, that you can bring back here, you know, and people that might've been giving me trouble rolling in Ireland. And now I'm like, Shay, what? sure you're not the same as the 10 black belts I was rolling with. So you're kind of, yeah. So there's a competition at the end of this month down in Cork. And yeah. I'm looking to. You're going to go down. Um, yeah, I'm looking to bring the. Uh, bring the brace Bring the intensity. Now, I don't know if there's <laughs> going to be too many people. Like quite a lot of people here, they've only done one competition, two, okay. may, if even. Yeah. So it's harder to get them to commit to a first competition somewhere yeah. that's as far away as Cork. I know yeah. that's not the other side of the world, yeah. but still a few hours. The Irish Open, which is in June, is a little bit further away. Time to get people prepared, and mm -hmm. it's Blanchardstown, which is just on the M50. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I think I can get a bit of a squad from Bray to that, mm -hmm. but I'd say, and I'm sure there'll be a couple of heads down to Cork, mm -hmm. but I'm going to go down and throw yeah. the hat in anyway. Yeah. So there's a few bob up for grabs, I think. It's oh, like 500 yeah. quid True. or something like that. So Start throwing some half guard around the place. Yeah, man. Start throwing a bit of, <laughs> throwing a few lads around the place. And it was only 400 quid or something to get to America for the return flights. Yeah. So, you know, you know what I mean? Would Win you go back again? Quid. If I you're, I, yeah, I couldn't yeah. go soon. I couldn't because yeah. like, like, not that I couldn't, but I don't want to, you want to leave the business again? I don't want to be the type of, not even the business. Yeah. I don't want to be the type of instructor that's never there and I'm, all, and I'm only a brown belt. It's all right to be never there if you're some sort of black belt sensation that's off competing. And, yeah. But I, I, I don't want to be the instructor that's never there just because mm -hmm. I'm sunning myself in San yeah. Francisco, which I wasn't now. I was mm. training hard. <laughs> but I don't want to be that chap. There's, there's lots of that instructor going on. So around. if you had a week to go back to America, you go back to the same Yes, place? definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I would like to train other places, yeah. and I'm sure the training is fantastic other places as well. But I liked, uh, I liked it there. I liked the people yeah. there. I liked yeah. the area. Yeah. Um, San Francisco, I've been to San Diego for training, and San Francisco, the people were a little bit more clued in. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, sure, the time I was there as well, I pretty much I liked it a lot, and I thought I'd definitely want to come back here again mm. from, yeah. from the first time I was there. Yeah, really good, especially now. I couldn't believe the flights were that, that price. Yeah. Um, I, like when I went before with Dara, it was yeah. 2011, and I paid like 700, 800 euro or something to get over yeah. and back. And mm. 400 and something, like to the low end of 400. Maybe during the summer, I'd over to San Francisco for a week or something, yeah? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I might like, you know what I mean? I've, I'd be in trouble. Like I've got other things to yeah. be taken care of as well. And, right. But yeah, I definitely would like to go. Wolf, who's one of the guys from over there, Wolf Barnado, really mm -hmm. good black belt. Um, He's coming here for two weeks, I think, soon, mm -hmm. like yeah. in the next week or so. Dar was saying, actually, yeah, I um, think, uh, next, next, next week, maybe, next yeah. weekend. So going. it'll be good, a little, yeah. little taste of Cali little over taste. here for the lads. <laughs> and he's sick, man. If you're, there's going to be a little seminar yeah. that he's doing. Um, and he's going to be teaching classes in Monkstown yeah. all the time. Yeah. But he's doing a seminar at the end of it to fund the, the trip. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Dar will open it up to other schools as well. And if mm -hmm. you're someone who likes to, like, likes good jiu-jitsu yeah. you better go to that you know? he's is he a kind of a smaller guy sort of yeah his I don't, he's like 60 is... kilos or something he's like he was i i compared it to rolling with sam times yeah. 10 you know oh, right. he was he was really really good because when they're when there's a guy that's that small and good like you have to be like extra good you know because yeah 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 you know? 
and he had lots of really nice little technical details. Mm-hmm. So many of those guys got, like he got, his, he got basically to black belt before he opened his club. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Ireland, people are opening up their clubs at blue belts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? So he just had like a really good level of jujitsu. Like mm-hmm. he's not, obviously I've had the club since I was the late end of my purple belt, but like, imagine you just got to train all the way to black belt. You're just a student. Yeah. The, the amount, the difference <clears throat> in what you learn, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so, all right, Chris, that's kind of, I guess that's episode two nice. in the books. Uh, so for everyone watching, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, or if you want to listen to it, it's now on iTunes, uh, uh-huh. SoundCloud, and Podcast Republic on, uh, on uh, Android. So uh, all the little variations are there. Delish. Should be out soon, and I uh, hope everyone enjoys it. Thanks to the sponsors, onit.com, <laughs> uh, Alpha Brain. Maybe not yet. But, not uh, yet, no. Uh, so if anyone has any comments or questions, or anything, maybe throw them up on the, the video and maybe we might get to some of them the next time. And, uh, yeah, if you want to ask the two greatest minds in <laughs> Irish Jiu-Jitsu anything, just let us know. <laughs> Send you a self-addressed envelope, stamped and addressed envelope to... Uh, Show a tenor in as well. Yeah, P.O. Box yeah. 1, Brazil. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And that's a wrap for the second episode. Let's... See you later.